What coronavirus is teaching us about consumerism? As COVID-19 brings the world down to its knees, how we live, work, and obsessively consume is never going to be the same again. Hashtag SDG 11 Hashtag SDG 12 There's enough being said on the news, so I'm not going to elaborate on it. But just to quickly summarize, there's a pandemic in full force globally, and half the world is just waking up to step up safety measures despite repeated warnings from international authoritative bodies. Much of the disease has been spreading undetected. Global calls for social distancing are not being heeded, x. Florida's spring break beach parties in full swing. And so on. The lack of seriousness is appalling and there's huge room for improvement. But I still believe that together, as a team, we can inevitably overcome this pandemic, but only if we listen and make the right decisions in a timely manner. Scrolling through all the overwhelming, fear-mongering tweets on Twitter, I came across a particular one by Joshua Stevens, Data Visualization and Cartography Lead, NASA Earth. And Erica had some interesting thoughts. That got me thinking about how COVID-19 has forced us to reconsider the choices we make as consumers and consciously evaluate the effects of our consumerism on the planet. And of course, I ran out of space to include hashtag SDG12, the UN Sustainable Development Goal number 12, Responsible Consumption and Production, along with UN Sustainable Development Goal number 11, Sustainable Cities and Communities. According to NASA's Earth Observatory, NASA and European Space Agency, ESA, pollution monitoring satellites detected significant decreases in nitrogen dioxide, NO2, over China. There is evidence that the change is at least partly related to the economic slowdown following the outbreak of coronavirus. This is the first time I have seen such a dramatic drop-off over such a wide area for a specific event, said Fei Lu, an air quality researcher at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. This year, the reduction rate is more significant than in past years and it has lasted longer, she said. I am not surprised because many cities nationwide have taken measures to minimize the spread of the virus. Long-term systemic change brought about by a shifting paradigm of humans' consumerism can do wonders for decreasing global carbon emissions, both direct and embedded. Although by presenting some more fear-mongering, negative, short-term possibilities, MIT Technology Review argues otherwise, I was not convinced, I really do think that this is the time to improve our habits for good, through sparking a thorough systems change from the bottom up. If we simply change the way we consume, what we demand, and in what quantities, we can redefine consumerism in a positive way. Although there is a slowdown of carbon dioxide emissions due to reduced energy consumption, emission declines in response to past economic crises suggest a rapid recovery of emissions when the pandemic is over. But this is based on the assumption that our habits, too, will still stay the same post-pandemic. We don't need to make emissions rebound again. That doesn't have to be the case. This time, things will change. Meaningful spending of economic stimulus measures, and the permanent adoption of new work behaviors, will influence how emissions evolve now and in the future. I've always believed in using business as a tool for change of all kinds, from social to environmental, and everything in between. 
but I've always also believed that consumerism itself is also a powerful tool to make positive change to transform the global supply and demand system itself, instead of being a negative habit of leeching the planet of its limited resources and stuffing the pockets of capitalists around the world. If we choose to vote with our wallet by opting for greener, sustainable choices, purchasing locally, and prioritizing needs over wants, the way the system caters to our change demands will also have to change accordingly. Throw in ethical and fair trade choices into the mix and you're not only helping the environment, you're also empowering the poor out of poverty. That's the power of the collective effect our purchasing choices make on a system. It's all possible, we just have to change the way we think about consumerism to change the way the system works on the demand side, creating a systems level change. In short, adopting sustainable consumerism will result in the sustainable production of those very goods and services, which is line with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals number 12, Responsible Consumption and Production, Ensuring Sustainable Consumption and Production Patterns. As for the supply side of the system, according to Benjamin Dahl, Chief Deputy Economist, CBC, Coronavirus could be the ultimate catalyst in changing supply chains, a catalyst to the world's deglobalization that started with the trade wars between China and the US. The coronavirus could be a wake-up call for economies dependent on global trade to make sure the supply chain is closer to home in the future, said Dal. It might not completely reverse globalization, but it will definitely modify it, everything is interrelated. For example, Dahl believes that the development and construction industry could see promising prospects ahead because the federal government will open its purse strings for infrastructure development to spur the economy in light of COVID-19. There is a lot of pressure on innovation, because the labor shortage will be with us for a while. We have to build smarter, be more creative, and find a way to limit construction costs. Benjamin Dahl, Chief Deputy Economist, CBC. Although, as Dahl states, the coronavirus pandemic might not turn around the long-term upward trend in global emissions in its entirety, governments around the world are announcing economic stimulus measures, and the way they're spent may affect how emissions evolve in the future. For example, there are now unlimited opportunities to invest the stimulus money in significant changes, from structural to policy that will lead to reduced emissions after economic growth returns post-pandemic, such as the further development of clean technologies, adoption of sustainable infrastructure, and formation of new green building policy, enabling the flourishment of sustainable cities, which is in line with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number 11, Sustainable Cities and Communities, making cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. This is all in addition to the fact that the coronavirus has forced new work from home, WFH, habits that significantly limit commuting and encourage the widespread adoption of online meetings to reduce the need for extensive business flights and even local time-consuming commutes. With these new work behaviors already likely to stick way beyond the pandemic, with many claiming that they actually get more work done from home. It undoubtedly and quite optimistically increases the prospects of major reductions in both short-term and long-term emissions. However, it is heartbreaking to note that this all could have been possible without a virus. Fear and war often have to force us to change, 
whereas the change should always be generated from the willpower within us. We've always needed to transition to a sustainable world, starting with our mindsets and habits, translating to external change in policy, business, and infrastructure, but not, unfortunately, in this way, the most unexpected way, at the cost of so many lives. My thoughts are also echoed by the EU Environment Agency's Executive Director, Hans Bruin Inc. The EA's data shows an accurate picture of the drop in air pollution, especially due to reduced traffic in cities. However, addressing long-term air quality problems requires ambitious policies and forward-looking investments. As such, the current crisis and its multiple impacts on our society work against what we are trying to achieve which is a just and well-managed transition towards a resilient and sustainable society. Hans Bruin Inc., EEA Executive Director. Unfortunately, we are only starting to consider and listen now, in such dire times, to the scientists, climate activists, environmental advocates, and sustainable businesses which we once scoffed at, and just starting to understand the effects of our consumerism on the planet. Only when it came upon our health and well-being and having to sacrifice our wasteful habits and social interests making up our colorful lifestyles did we finally bother to care. That's not how it should have been. An unprecedented, international crisis in modern human history such as COVID-19, a personal tragedy for those who have lost loved ones, shouldn't have had to be the catalyst in forcing systems-level change. It should have happened earlier through collective political and citizen will. Many of our lives are never going to be the same again. But since we cannot undo the tragedy, it is only wise to learn from it and bring about changes in the way we consume and produce for the health and prosperity of both humans and the environment.